Do you think maybe we could start again? And this time I won't make a complete tool of myself? You mean you still want to be mates? Well, yeah. I thought you were awesome before I went off the deep end. Besides, us Burke girls gotta to stick together, right? Hell yeah, we do. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hole at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's Nursery for a stroll It's time to neighbours CJ, Kate and Vaya Let's get the neighbours Hello, this is Neighbours We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast We overanalyze episodes of the classic Aussie soap Neighbours I'm Vaya. I'm a TV writer who can't suspend disbelief. I have Kate, who is a nightly neighbours tweeter. Hello. Also known as Remude. We're in the PirateNet studios and it's very fitting because PirateNet was Erinsborough's community radio station and our new guest is someone I used to work with in community radio, radio presenter T Butler. Hello. Oh my goodness, that's me. Hello. I can't believe I'm in the PirateNet studios. <laughs> it's, it's still running after all this time. We fired it back up. Oh, great. It got, Kate, didn't it become a business for a while? Uh, it became a cafe that became like a coffee roasters, which had like some sort of diamond coffee bean importing scandal. I don't know. Yeah. And then Love it. It was called then, the Off Air Bar. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. And then something else. And did it become the Backpackers? I can't even remember. No, it became a youth outreach centre. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> is this for real? Is yeah. this all in the context of the show? This has happened. Good yeah. Lord, yes. it's been forever since I watched this show. <laughs> yeah, it's probably when we work together in community radio, too. It probably could be, yeah. So, yes, PirateNet has a soft spot because I used to work at CineFM, Student Youth Network. Now, T, did you grow up watching Neighbours? Or when was the I, last time you were dipping into the world? I was trying world? to work it out. I think it would have been, I saw a lot of it during the, the years when it was the lead into Big Brother. Oh, that yeah. was So oh. that would have been 2001 to 2008 a lot. And then I don't remember when it happened. I don't know if we we're even allowed to speak her name without sobbing for three hours straight. But when... Uh, Gretel Colleen? When, when <laughs> Didge died. Oh, oh okay. Did well, yes. When was that? Was that two thousand and? It was the last I, day. Of I still can't listen to that song in my dreams. Um, so would it, was that maybe two thousand nine, two thousand and ten? I'll do a quick. I'll do a quick fact check. But also, she was name checked this week on the show. Oh yeah, remember Digger's baby daddy was Declan, who is Rebecca Napier's son. <gasps> oh my god! So they're talking about how India is now ten. How's Declan? Oh, he's good. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh, what about India? She must be, what, eight or nine? Ten. Oh. Ten going on 16. Oh, yeah, no. she. look, she's absolutely beautiful. Total tomboy, exactly like Bridget. And did you have, like, a character that spoke to you? You know, I had, a, like, a soft spot for Billy Kennedy and Delta Goodrum. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, Delta was always great. Um, the Actually, Sky... I really loved Sky and that whole Sky and Boyd timeline. This is good because you've hit on, we don't often have people in this pocket that come back yeah. to us, especially <laughs> the Big Brother lead-in. A mm. lot of people have, speak fondly of The Simpsons, but yes. not the 7 o'clock Big Brother time slot. Mm. It was just kind of the show that was on while I was waiting for Big Brother, so I kind of picked up a lot of it via mm. osmosis. Yeah. There was the, the, the Irish guy, I don't think he's on it anymore. Oh, Connor. Connor. <laughs> Yes, I just, my, my key memory oh, from a... the show in this era was I was watching it. There was some scene, I assume, in the back of the pub somewhere and the Irish guy was talking to some other guy and they had like a, you know, those glass window doors sort of thing. 
and I could see like a stagehand standing behind <laughs> the glass door who was like backlit, so you could just see their silhouette. And I'm like, is that a character who's about to walk in? And they suddenly like ducked down. I'm like, no, no, they're not. So they could have played it chill. Yeah. Like, like just an extra with a headset, like a special high tech headset. Exactly, but no. <laughs> So that was like House of Trouser as well. Yes, House of Trouser and the wrestling saga. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the BattleBot saga. I think someone was making a fighting robot at one point. The BattleBot sounds familiar. I think Callum may have tinkered oh, with the BattleBots. may have been it. But yeah. it's superseded in my mind because Puffy Rebecca Toadie's brothers made a robotic lawnmower. Solar-powered lawnmower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, this, is, this was different. This was when they were, um, they were fighting them in an arena and they were like sawing each other up. It was oh. like, what is going on here? Like, they're leading into the robot wars really heavily. That's why we need tween characters on this show to do weird, wacky yeah, tinkering exactly. like that. That on reflection are quite embarrassing. <laughs> also, can I give a shout out to a friend of mine who's been an obscure extra in Neighbours, <gasps> oh. um, uh, Nick Backstrom, who played the role of Dale Lancer, who was a... Uh, I think a, a, like a property assistant that Paul Robinson was dealing with for about three episodes. Excuse uh-huh. me, that's not an Hang extra. On. That's a recurring that's guest a role. That's a recurring guest role. So shout out to Nick Backstrom if you're listening. Great yes, credit. he has a Perfect Blend page. Oh, he's well, he's, he's made it. <laughs> CT, you have done what a lot of people do and they undersell their neighbour's knowledge. And they say, oh, yeah, I don't really watch it. I don't really well, know anything. I haven't anything. seen it in years. There's still, but it's just ingrained in you. Mm. And because also you're across the pop culture and the tweets and like, you know, you absorb. Yeah, I don't watch Neighbours. I just have a lot of <laughs> Kate's tweets appear in my timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Despite not actually following you, I'm just like, oh, you are a good tweeter because I just see lots of your tweets. <laughs> and my, my cat face. Oh. That is him. We've got a picture. We've got his page on Perfect Blend. Harper Mining representative. So it was in 2014-15. Okay, this was the one time NCZ actually wasn't a NCZ, a.k.a. non-contributing zero. Uh, Paul's nephew. Because Daniel actually got Dale Lancer to sign on the dotted line in buying one of Paul's housing development things. I don't know. Yeah. Well, also, this week, T, I've asked you to dip back into Erinsborough because it's a landmark storyline. And as you're a member of the LGBT plus community, you identify as Mm non-binary. And now we have a trans character played by a trans performer making her debut on Neighbours. Which is huge. I I think I can probably count the number of trans people who've played trans roles in Australia on one hand. I think it's probably just Georgie and uh, Evie McDonald, who played a like a school kid in a show on ABC called First Day. It was like a one-off thing that happened last year. Mm. But other than that, I can't think of any other characters that have actually been played by mm. trans people. And I I don't know whether Evie got any story narrative, but I know Georgie has kind of helped shape the direction of Mackenzie's character. Yeah, she approached the production team. Yes. And well, from what she's saying in interviews, has been walking through the story process with them. And I was watching her Australian Story episode today, which was like a documentary piece about her family and her story. What a wonderful family. Mm. Just the Stones actually made a whole lot of progress in the family courts in Victoria because Georgie wanted to be on hormone blockers when she was a child and they had to petition to the family court to make that happen. And so now they made it so that children, that trans children that want to go through that process don't have to go to the court at stage one level of hormone blocking 
which saves everyone a whole bunch of time. Because mm. if you think of like when you need to go to the doctor to get medicine, you don't then have to go to the high court or the family court to be like, hey, is it okay if I have this mm. medicine? So it actually changed things for a lot of people, that case. Just by them living and being and fighting through it, they just kept getting up and doing it. And then now it's changed. And it's, oh, I, was, I loved it, loved the story and the family. And Kate, as we mentioned, yeah, her dad, Greg, played Sonia. I don't know if you know Sonia, Toadie's late wife. Right. He played her uncle slash biological father in the show like a couple of years ago. Yeah, like Uncle Walter came to town, Greg. He was like, surprise, I'm actually your dad. Really? <laughs> that's that's actually more common than you'd think on Neighbours these days. <laughs> yeah. It's just like something we fall back on all the time. Yeah. He didn't come to a recent funeral, though. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Look, he is also a very caring father, though, to his um, teenage daughter yeah. on the show, yes, Uncle Walter. So he was caring for her. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Georgie Stone's character, Mackenzie. And how does that feel for you, though, T, to see that representation on the screen? I mean, I, so I first of all, I think it's fantastic. I um, saw these storylines this week and, and really felt that same kind of... Um, that nervousness about coming out um, and the potential of being outed, which mm. is a scary thing. Um, I've been not in a similar situation, not at least to Mackenzie's level, but just where I was at a party and someone was there who knew me before I transitioned and was doing the exact same thing that, I don't know her name, car bribe girl. Um, Yashvi. Yashvi. Or you could just say V. Or V. Okay, yeah. I'll go with V then. Doing that, oh, I know you from somewhere. Where's your, oh, you look familiar. And I'm just like... I just have one of those faces. And it wasn't like a few days later, I got a Facebook message being like, it's you. And then like my old name. And I'm just oh. like, oh, mm. she worked it out. That's yeah, that's the tricky part because it becomes, mm. people gamify it. And we'll get into it in a minute. But I just, that's the only bit that sat a little bit uncomfortably with me is that Yashvi started to, I need to get to the bottom of this. I'm like, no, you don't actually. It's fine. <laughs> How did you find your journey back to Erinsborough, though? Was it fun being back in the world? For context, my first episode of Neighbours in probably 10 years was the episode in which five of Paul Robinson's ex-wives came back. That has been one of my highlights of the year. It was great. I came back into just like a snowstorm of shit. I'm like, what is going on here? What is happening with this show? I sent T the episode link and then she said, oh, look, I haven't seen Neighbours in a really long time. And I'm like, I've got a feeling (laughs) there'll be something to grab onto here. (laughs) So we'll mention briefly on Monday, we'll start with the Robinson family circus. So last week, Lynn Scully came to town. Paul's about Unbelievable. To, yeah. I knew her. I could pick her out. <laughs> Lynn Scully. Paul is about to get married to Therese Willis. We call her Therese. Can I get a, like a, a 10 seconds mm. on what Therese's deal is? She's a very competent businesswoman. She's previously been married to Brad Willis. We call him Drab. She's essentially Paul's counterpart. Like she's a intellectual equal, mm. I'd say. Okay. And she's a businesswoman, but she's attracted, well, aside from Paul, to like, like the dregs. If there's a loser out there, she's got her eye on him. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. That friend that you always want better for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I can relate that to people. Okay. Got it. And we'll wind down of an evening in her power blazer. Oh, you know, brilliant. Or her capelet. <laughs> <laughs> and she has three kids, but they've all kind of, well, one's moved on permanently. Yeah. They don't seem to be in a hurry back for the wedding that's in a few weeks suddenly. Um, and also she used to date Paul's surprise seventh son, seventh child, Leo. 
he had a few very sad bits this week. He was looking down at the floor instead of off into the middle ground. Correct, that's yes. him. Yeah. He's beginning his exit from the show. And All right. Carla Bonner coined this term when they did it to her character, but he's being weaned. So when they started to phase Steph out of storylines, she tweeted, you're being weaned. <laughs> so that's what's <laughs> happening with Leo. Now, Monday, icon Jane Hall comes back. Oh, unbelievable. Oh, Rebecca hasn't, hasn't, Napier. Hasn't aged a day, has she? No. Stunning. I had hair envy. It was perfect. I had a lot of emotions. She had a lot of emotions. I felt really uncomfortable back during the play out of her relationship with Paul, the way it all was happening and he was blackmailing her to stay with him and it just irked me. And it was good that they came back and addressed that. I thought we moved past all of this. I tried to. But just one day back here, surrounded by people I loved, up here on this balcony, it all just comes flooding back. Oh, Rebecca. All the hurt and all the anger, it's just, just under the surface. I'm angry at myself for letting you turn me into someone that I never was. So we have this amazing shot where she finds herself back on the mezzanine from whence he fell. Yeah, so there was like a big storyline, which was who pushed PR. Oh, God. Where he like <laughs> fell from like a, a you know, one story high balcony and he, yeah, nearly died. Now, Kate, wouldn't you think that if you're going to marry a fella, he's got a bit of a reputation about town as a troublemaker, wouldn't she have Googled the news stories about this balcony? Mezzanine. Apparently nobody in this town knows how to Google anything. No, but you think she'd be across it anyway because she's the manager of Lassiter's anyway. But yeah. like that's their fancy restaurant upstairs, isn't it? Yeah. I think it became a restaurant after <laughs> he toppled over. I feel like if you have something like that happen at your establishment, aren't you like legally obliged to put things in place to make sure mm. that it doesn't happen again? Surely like, maybe make you'd the, have to the, be the, the railing it. higher. Yeah, exactly. You'd yeah. have to know. You wouldn't mm. just leave that same railing there to let it happen well, again. Particularly because... We had hotel death trap after that, where half the hotel collapsed. Including her son was like, uh, her son Squashed. was trapped under a pillar. Mm-hmm. Tourage should be across the legalities and the court case, and it should not yeah. have been a surprise because the whole cliffhanger sh- of Monday was that Tourage found out that Rebecca was involved in shoving Paul over the edge. And which, when you think about this whole situation, is quite impressive that she was able to like push him over the edge because it is a reasonably look. Anyway, well, I'm looking into plot holes from like five, <laughs> five, six years ago. Yeah, we've got enough current ones to be messing around with. You can do an episode, a whole season of Serial where you're trying to work out how that happened. <laughs> yes, yes. And where was the public phone? That's what yeah, I need exactly. to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, my line of the week happened on Monday. Sorry, T, I didn't direct you to Monday's episode. But it was when Rebecca walked into Harold's Cafe and spots Gail Lewis. And Gail looks at Rebecca and says, number five. And Rebecca goes, number two. Like they're the presidents. Amazing. <laughs> Identifying each other by, the, by their number in the Robinson <laughs> wife sequence. Number five, is it? Gail, number two. Nice to meet you. Too. <sighs> well, Lynn's here too. Ooh, it's like we're having some kind of convention. That was a stroke of genius. You don't yeah. want to be number two, though, do you? It's, it's not great. <laughs> I would argue that being number five is worse than being number two. Yeah. They had a great chat. Gail, they're all, all the wives are here to try and convince Tarage not to go through with it. And also drive Paul insane at the same time. Just for, just Which for is working. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My main beef, and I don't want to take away from the joy and the fun and the nonsense, my main beef with the Robinson Circus is that it's just five women gathering around talking about a man. Like, it's not Bechdel test smashing situations here. 
like they don't have a lot going on. Thank God they've given Rebecca a women's shelter to run, so she's got something else going on in her life. But I don't know what Lynn's deal is. Because <laughs> she's gone back to Bendigo, hasn't she? I think they said at one point. Yeah, she's based in Bendigo, but she oversees a motel, spa, wellness centre that's down. Just run by Steph. Yeah, remotely. Right. And actually, Steph came out as bi on the show. Did she? It's amazing. After she had a stint in a psychiatric hospital. That's not, we don't need to worry about that. And it was just a total non-event, which was great. She just came back and had a girlfriend. And it was her psych, it was a psych, psych nurse, nurse, which was a problem. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, But wow. now she's got another girlfriend and it appears, well, we, look, we don't know, but there's been no mention of her being a medical professional. So. <laughs> Fingers good crossed. Signs, good signs for the future. But that was one of my favourite representation moments is that it was no fanfare. She was like, this is my girlfriend. Mm. Move on. Now, into Tuesday, which is what I want to do a deep dive about. It's the Tuesday, the 3rd of September. So Therese Willis is beginning the first of her pre-wedding facial treatments. Which she doesn't need. She's got beautiful, wrinkle-free olive skin. But she's read a blog or a website and she's got a checklist and she's doing her first of three facials. (laughs) But also I assume anything's going to be better than her wedding to drab. Mm. So yeah, just a little bit more preparation than last time. So Sheena has to sit through what is essentially, as I understand it, the plot of um, the... Christmas Carol movies, where (laughs) all of the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future come back to haunt her and tell her to not do this thing. Lynn Scully's got to be the future. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I would have loved a series of webisodes where they showed us what life would have been like for Therese if she doesn't choose Paul. Like, (laughs) and we get to see the alternate universe. Oh, she's probably like living in sea change, I reckon, with with Gaz (laughs) in like just permanently barefoot. In a caravan. Yeah. Also, I noticed with this day spa, which is a set I enjoy, it's supposed to be attached to the Lasseter's Hotel, and we haven't seen it in a while. And my theory is that they use the same set that the back lane bar is stationed on, structured on, because Leo's just lost the bar he owned, so there's no reason for them to go to the back lane bar. So I reckon they've pulled that set down and erected the day spa back up. Now, they're all in – It got for me, it started to get a bit of Handmaid's Tale. They were – all the women came in – to the spa in grey beige oh, robes. Actually, Kate, very, you're, you're very a, unflattering robes. You're a designer. What colour would you call this? Um, I don't know, light brown? Mushroom? Yeah, <laughs> mushroom's a good one. Yeah, nary a flattering look on any of them. The, the weird thing for me was the turbans, though. Like, everybody had their hair tucked up, aside from Rebecca, who had, a, like, an artfully kind of arranged hair <laughs> yeah. under it. It's like, it took me, this blow wave took me two hours. I'm not putting it up in a turban. How did they all get in there? It's just baffling. Is there clearly no security at the venue or have they all just like bribed security to just be like, oh, hey, I'm just heading into my thing here. I mean, I guess they could have all booked in an appointment at the spa, which is an expensive prank. It's a like, lot of effort to go to. But it seems like there's only like maybe one, two beauticians or whatever at any given moment. It's, it's strange. Lynn comes in first. Surprises to rage, then Gail, and then Rebecca. They're all standing there like, blessed be the fruit. <laughs> Poor to rage. She's so short, and that robe looked ridiculous and on her. And Jane Hall towered above her. And Jane Hall is just a medium height lady. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like how Therese looked at them all and said, you're all crazy women. But she's yeah, not wrong. Was, uh... She's not wrong, though. But my favourite bit was where um, they worked out that, you know, Jane's motivation was, and Gail's motivation was to save Therese from this future. And Lynn's was just purely because she hates Paul. Lynn was a bandwagon jumper. She was just like, where's the yeah. shenanigans? I'm there. 
there's history between Lynn and Rebecca. Oh, you don't think that played out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I picked up on yeah, that. Yeah. So on Rebecca and Paul's wedding day, Lynn came in and objected and said, I'm still married to him. And because yeah, cause they had thought they had, had an annulment, but it hadn't taken. <laughs> also, she's a shit stirrer. So. And then, then they get back to the street. And Lynn and Rebecca have a cat fight while Rebecca's still in her wedding dress which, on the nature strip. Which, Iconic. Which Wikipedia calls a scrag fight, which I really, oh, I I really appreciate. Yeah. I really appreciated that terminology. But I think that's what rubbed me up the wrong way with this scene is that it wasn't essentially almost another scrag fight. And she's screaming at them going crazy women, but they're like, we're looking out for you, sister. I wanted to see Termins pulled in that. <laughs> it is strange. The whole concept of it is strange. Like, why are they coming in to rescue to rage when they don't know her. Why don't they just go, you know what, let this other mm. fool do I, this? But also I've been in a Facebook thread where I'm trying to organise like all my high school gal pals to have dinner and it takes four months. Like oh, yeah. how have, has anyone organised all of these people to come to Melbourne at the same time for this? Money. Got to be money. <laughs> Particularly for Lynn. They'll be like, all right, we'll, we'll pay for you to go in the good carriage on V-Line. <laughs> The moment where Paul steps into the spa. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You, that's some of the best comedy writing I've seen on Australian TV. And I've watched shows that are actually categorised as comedy. Ladies, please, remember why we're here. It's about Therese. Yes. And I have spent my life dedicated to helping women. And what have you done apart from saddle them with terrible haircuts? Can you hear yourself? I'm so innocent. Why and are you so oh, horrible? Of course I hate what has Paul, happened but at to least you to I'm make not lying you about so it? Miserable. Why won't you admit that? I you... can't believe I'm listening to this childishness. No wonder he divorced you all. <laughs> That's like, sensational. His face, though, he's, he's just been working overtime. So what? And this is. Something that would have had to have been planned so far in advance behind the scenes, like wish list on a whiteboard, bullseye, every single wife, <laughs> scheduling, budget, timing, everything, and it all panned out. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now, and look, as much as I can't stand Lynn, it is great to have her back and to be at her classic best, not not in a reconciliatory tone. She's just like yeah, unapologetically hating Paul. We get a bit of a cameo appearance from wife number... Kate, help me out here. Beyond the grave. Oh, Terry. Number one. Number one. How does Terry manifest? In photo form. Yes, under a set of cufflinks. Yeah, that belong to Jim. And yeah, it's it's, um, Paul and Terry's wedding photo. And Paul looks so young and sweet. Now, that that photo that he was holding, was it bad that I'm like, hey, look, that photo appears to be in four by three aspect ratio. Oh, hang on. Oh, wow. I reckon that's a good pickup. Had they like just pulled that as a screen grab from <laughs> from the actual episode as it went to air <laughs> from Perfect Blend? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's better than the um, Photoshop job we had a few months ago, where Teresa's ex boyfriend came to town, and they just had to cobble together. It looked like two smash hits photos from yes, the eight, from the eighties. Exactly. Yeah, in the same shot, it was no good. So Terry's claim to fame is that she shot Paul, and um, then she went to prison, and then she killed herself there. So yeah. that's it. That's why she's not back. Jeez, but Paul but it's neighbors. sure knows how to pick him. Yeah. Hey, yeah. well, but he's quite traumatized by her. That's why he had like the full meltdown at right. the photo. He's like, ah, it is actually. He is extremely traumatized even before that came up. Like Carl was trying to have a laugh, like, oh, run into your ex-wife. Oh, it's statistically likely. And Paul's like, how would you feel, Carl, if Sarah turned up or Izzy turned up? Or please, never can we ever see Sarah again. <laughs> Sarah, Nicola Charles, 
massive Trump supporter. Really? Yeah. She's, she's on the tweets all the time. She's yikes. Yeah, that was a swift unfollow. That was like, oh, Nicola Charles is. Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> and so this is when, um, what are we calling it to rage? This is when she really arced up and she's like, oh, cut the crap. She went off. We are trying to prevent her from making the same mistake we did. Oh, cut the crap, Lynn. You don't care about me. You're just here to stick it up him. That was unbelievable. I can't remember the last time I've heard the word crap on Neighbours, I was if say, ever. Is that, so I, that's not just like a, hey, we've moved to Chen Peach, we can kind of push the boundaries a little bit kind of thing, is it? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I think it, she's she'd reached the end of her tether, mm. hadn't she? Further yeah. question on yes. this topic of words that we don't say on yes. Neighbours. How often do you have the two gay guys walking through a scene and then announcing really loudly, Vulva! What? Whoa, what? Oh, I, I missed, missed that. that. How did you miss that? I was trying to scribble my notes down furiously. Good Lord. Okay, so in the, I want to say the Wednesday episode was when the someone was going off to a birthing class. Yeah, so we have Jodie <gasps> oh, and Asta's right. character, Ellie, is pregnant to Millsy's brother. Goes off to a birthing class and doesn't want to take Millsy along because it would be awkward. Do they have history, I assume? Yo, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah. Whew, nailed it. Good. <laughs> I can pick up on yeah. subtext. On subtext. <laughs> um, and then the, the two gay guys go along with her yeah. to the birthing class. And then they're walking through and just having a laugh about all the hilarious things that have gone on in the birthing class and how they should recreate it. And one of them goes, <laughs> vulva! Like it was the funniest thing they'd ever heard. <gasps> okay, well. And how they're going to have to recreate it. You're going to have to go back and watch this. Yeah, Future Me has is dropping this in right now. Good, good. Don't, don't make me go back and find it. <laughs> you guys are getting along lately. <laughs> and then you said, Bulba! And she goes, bless you! Well, she should use the correct terminology. <laughs> oh, that class needs its own slot at the comedy festival. Well, next week we'll have to have our own birthing balls. Yes! Birth classes. Why do you need someone to go with you if they're not going to be there while you're giving birth? Just take a concrete pill, Ellie, and go by yourself. She was talking about it like she was going to a party and she was going to be the only single person at, are, at a couple's party. They're boring as fuck anyway, those <laughs> classes. I was I was sitting there pregnant going, oh, my body hurts right now. I don't want to be sitting here what for What do they hours. teach you? Do they show you like how to sit and move? and? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they give you those kind of tips and that yeah. sort of thing. Like, yeah, sit on the, the fit ball and rock your pelvis back and forth. Right. And yeah. In the heat of the moment, mate, you just you do whatever's going it's, on, whatever like, pain threat, whatever yeah. you do to cope with pain. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert: you don't have to go to the classes. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll work itself. That's out. it. Hospital tour, yeah, good idea because yeah. then you know where to go. Yeah. But now here's the point where this was clunky, and we know why it was clunky. Ellie has to get written out up to Sydney because Jody needed a little mental health R&R. reprieve. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of a reprieve, as one does. It's you know, if you need time out from your job, you have a word to your manager and a good manager will give you that time yeah. to sort yourself out. Good, I know. However, that, the consequence of that is that a script amendment probably happened, like a, a lilac or peach amendment on different coloured paper to the white script pages and it would have said instead of whatever Ellie had to do that day, it would have been B on the phone to her saying, okay, bye, have a good time in Sydney because you could tell it, it wasn't refined dialogue. That was the cleanest airport I think I have ever seen in my life. That looked like the inside of an Ikea. Was that where the plane was picking up from? And really well lit. Yes. There was, there was like plants in the background. What airport are you at? Also, B had to have an inordinate amount of speakerphone conversations, which is extremely unnatural and rude because she didn't tell her sister that her boyfriend was listening. Yeah. In. But Ellie's got to be pretty dim if she can't tell she's on speakerphone. <laughs> Speaking of other random curly lines is this moment where Toadie's like riffing going, Carl and I are just friends. 
because they went to the movies together on Friday. I now I've been away from this show for we're going to say a decade or yeah. so. How recently did Toadie go from being a core character to being someone who they put into a scene for a punchline, for like half a punchline, half a line of dialogue, and then have him go, whoop, better get out of the scene, bye everybody, and just walk off camera? Because that happened twice in two nights this week. Toadie did some massive storylines earlier this year. So like with his wife dying, also with like Dee Bliss reappearing. Oh, spoiler alert. Jesus. She's alive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. crying about her. What the hell? Which one? Oh, the D. The D one dying. when she died, she drove off the cliff, yeah. didn't she? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's then his second wife died of ovarian cancer. Jesus. Yeah. Brutal. And then D came back, but yeah, the real D came back and didn't get back with Toadie. She wanted to, but he's like, nah. I'm, he's bereaved and yeah. he's got issues. Right. So he's used up a lot of his um bandwidth earlier in yes, the year. Right. Emotional okay. bandwidth. So now he's just like, I just need a minute. I think even Ryan Maloney, we saw him at, at the Logies and he was just exhausted. Mm. And we're like, what are you doing next? What's next for Tony? He's like, holiday. And I think DP Rebecca brought up that he's taken the kids to... Back to America yeah. for Callum's app launch. Yeah. Have we got any more details on what that app is? <laughs> what is that app? Uh, look, he's a Silicon Valley whiz kid now. So we don't ask questions about whatever this app is? Well, he had he lost his creativity. He came back when Sonia died. Yeah, she was sick, and he had this big project at work, and he yeah, had a crisis of confidence. Yeah, and then Toad's like, "No, no, you can go back there. I'll support you." And he came with him for a while, and somehow came up with a concept for the app. And the apps come through, and head cannon. Here's what he did, inspired by his mum, early detection, early ovarian cancer symptoms checklist app. <laughs> you know, like a. Like a fertility tracker or whatever, but in reverse, just like a... This is where you need to drop in them saying vulva again. Vulva! <laughs> yes! Um, yeah, o- over... <laughs> it's not ovarian. It's not... It's, it's not, not ov- ovarian uh, yet? Ovarian. <laughs> yes. Beautiful, oh, Kate. Brand Should enthusiasm. move into marketing. <laughs> That's CJ, our other usual co-host's job. Yes, that's what he's doing. That's Toadie's going to be gone for a bit. Now, at the end of this Paul Robinson scenario, he's Jack of it. The, the wife brigade, has, he's at the end of his tether. He and Therese decide, we can't deal with this malarkey. We're packing our bags. We're going to Queensland to get married to elope. And we will do this in tropical shirts. <laughs> it's probably the most fruity shirt I've seen on Australian TV <laughs> since, I believe, John Stevens hosted the resort. <laughs> That is a throwback reference. That I love it. Deep cut. <laughs> Big hello to the UK listeners. What so is what happens on the resort? The resort was a reality show that was uh, they it was meant to be the block, but they head over to a resort in Fiji and and, and it, make it over it and died within and a couple of weeks. Didn't it did, it? yeah. And so the end of the the series ended with like, well, guys, you know, you meant to have advertised it to get people to pay money to yeah, come over to the resort. It's still like a flooded. No one's done it. Hole. So. Um, you all lose and you all leave with nothing. And then they all kind of hugged and cried and then it was over. <laughs> but but you know who John Stevens is? The singer. Yeah, yes. yeah. What, what what was one of his songs? Take me back. Yes, I got yeah. it right. So, of yeah. course, he did that. And then he, he found a way to sing April Sun in Cuba but changed it oh. to April Sun in Fiji <laughs> on the show. Oh. Great moment. <laughs> I think we need you on every few weeks. <laughs> well, I do want T back because I don't want T just to be here as a, like – tokenistic, you know, let's talk about the hot button topic of the week. Like, I want you, know. you back for your embarrassing reality TV knowledge. <laughs> this is fantastic. 
at the end of the episode, this clanger from this is it clanger? Paul's getting his affairs in order and he fires off one last text. Is it clanger or a zinger? A zinger. Yeah. And I was watching this show and uh, a mate of mine was watching it at the same time and I was behind and he texts and said, wait for the text. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? How good is this text going to be? And then the next scene is where Gaz Can is on his date with Gail Lewis. And, and he gets a text from Paul saying, by the way, Gail Lewis is my ex-wife. Right as they're about to go, they pash. That is primo. I love it. I knew I knew from last week that it was a pure smirk. He knew what was going on. He's like, I'm about to shit all over this. He had that grenade in his back pocket mm. and he was waiting to fire off I that Because he'd said to Gail, oh, he's a bit young for you, isn't he? And, and then, yeah, oh, just wonderful. Can I just say, this was a bloody banging episode to come back to after 10 mm. years. There was a lot to take oh, in. Oh, yeah. It's all gold like this. Every single episode. <laughs> really? Why are you winking at me? Why are you making the <laughs> stop talking, like, slice across the throat hand movement? <laughs> no, no. Look, I have to say... Neighbours is pretty good, like certainly compared to the old days. I remember, like we've been podcasting for nearly five years now, which is frightening, but there were times where I was bored going, ugh, I cannot watch another episode of this. But all this year, I mean, obviously we've had some crucial viewing with cancer and whatnot and return twins. It but certainly seems like they're having a lot of fun in the writer's room. There's a lot of event television. I'm not bored by a lot. I'm angered by some things, but not bored. So, off they go to Queensland where nothing can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but who do we know who's from the from Queensland? The Blakeney twins. And so, there's because obviously there's another shooter drop and it belongs to Christina. I feel like she, she was the most long-standing Robinson wife. Right. Because not only did she date Paul, then she married him and then she actually was married to him long enough to have a toddler when they left. Who was her child? Andrew. Oh, yeah, I, see. Well, yeah, exactly. Because you're like, how did white blonde Andrew come out of a Blakeney twin and Paul? T must be looking at me like I have two heads because I, I host a Neighbours podcast and I don't know half of these people. I came in late in the game. I watched in the 90s. So I missed the 80s era. Right. I missed Wives 1 through 4, <laughs> I want to say. I mean, if you can count it based on the wives that yeah. you've missed. One, one through three. Okay, so yeah, now Christina's come back. She's got a touch of an American accent and not at all a Scottish accent like her son. So we'll pick up all the Queensland shenanigans next week when wedding, non-wedding either will happen or won't. I'm so rattled by this timeline because literally last year, Tarage was in love with Paul's son and now she's like fast tracking down the aisle. We'll do a side note here because so Tarage used to date Gaz Can who was on the date with Gail. Is he the John Jarrett lookalike? Yes. Yes. Good pick. She also used to date Paul's son, Leo. Christ. Gazcan also dated Paul's daughter, Amy, who's like the, the pretty Steve Irwin of the, the show. <laughs> it's weird. They're all, they're all all over each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's Westeros-esque and not in any of the good ways. What a ride that was. We now go to the storyline with new character Mackenzie, who has come to Erinsborough High right at the tail end of year 12, I've got to say. Oh, this, they're making some poor educational decisions at that school. 
Can I ask a question, um, being someone who's been away from the show for approximately 10 years ago, how recently did Erinsborough High go from being scummy Erinsborough High to everyone having, like, e-badges on their blazer? How recent is that? And having blazers and at, having at blazers, all. Sorry, yeah, blazers, first of all, with with the stripes along the edge of it. Yeah, the braid, yeah. How, yeah. how recent is that? Oh, that's only in the last few years that they've had the new uniform. Oh, is that but an 11 peach thing? <laughs> it was yeah, in the Channel 11 era. And it was only in the last few years. And they've had a couple of uniform changes over the decade. It's not just that Erinsborough High was a shithole school. It's actually had some really terrible things happen there that you wouldn't want to send your child there, like good uniform or not. Like Millsy tried to be a chemical terrorist there and and like poisoned half the school. Like put cyanide in the vents. They caught it before it happened. When did this happen? 12 months ago. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's just walking around Lassiter's. You jest. No. But he forgot it. He's got amnesia, so don't worry about it. He's okay. Um, there's been multiple scandals involving Ellie and her incompetence and getting blackmailed. And and the most minor offence of Ellie is the first week when she joined the show, she called her Year 11 student a skank. <laughs> that's like the the most minor of her oh, look, that's, failings. That's just my standard going to a public school. That That's <laughs> just that's just Tuesday. That's what we call Tuesday out my way. Mackenzie is here because Arnie Trish reckons it's a good school. Oh, Arnie Trish hasn't gotten the Googles. Arnie Trish looked at the blazer. Yes. Yeah, they've full. This is the thing. They've put a what's that expression? Oh, they the, put lipstick on a pig. Yeah, that's what they've done at Erinsborough High. They're like the blazer will fool everybody. Mackenzie has joined the friendship group with Yashvi and uh, British ha- accent. Harlow, Harlow Robinson, Harlow. Jason Donovan's IRL daughter. Really? Yes. Is there like a neighbor's like mind map, like family tree of who is related to who? Well, it's not like that, it... but there is the proto one of who's rooted who. Yeah, the, that's, okay. that's there's a lot of crossovers. The there. Robinson root tree, but every time Kate tries to update it, twelve more people sleep with each other's siblings. Yeah. So it's very difficult. Basically, we need one of those kind of like STD tracking, like like databases. I think so. We'd like work out, you know, who's the the hot spot of you know the like they did on L Word when um uh, this is deep cut as well. But Alice invented an app, I think, where the lesbian community of LA could track who had been with who. It, look, any of our listeners who are competent at databasing, let's make this work. Yeah. Let's get the root map on online, and maybe we can do it like a shareable drive that people can edit. Yeah. And add to oh, the, the root wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Someone check and make sure that's available. Yeah. Mackenzie looks familiar to Yashvi. And this is where it starts to, it, the trans storyline is set up as a mystery to solve. Um, I've seen you somewhere before and Mackenzie has a Burke key ring because the Rebecca family is from Burke. This is Toadie's brother, the in-laws. Have you ever met anyone from Burke? No, I keep forgetting where it even is. New South Wales? Yeah, it's out in like, the boondocks in New South Wales. I've never met anyone <laughs> no. from Burke. Neither. No. I don't think I've even said back of Burke. I'm from the back of Burke. That's because you're, well, you're ethnic. That's why. <laughs> yeah, we, we, so we're from the back of Burke, <laughs> mate. No, we're from the uh, village in Greece. That's where we're from. I don't even care that Yashvi's fighting with her dad. I think her parents have some valid concerns about their daughter, who is repeating Year 12, now hooking up with local um, older man wastrel, Ned Willis. Can I, can I ask a bit question about Ned Willis? Please. Um, so is, how old is Ned's character meant to be? Because, a thousand. Uh, actually? Because, we, or is okay. he just playing really No, young? he's... What's the... IRL, I think he's 26, 27. Yeah, I think on think the show he's, he's being about... He's supposed to be about 25. Yeah. And she's 18. 
Because he joined the show a couple of years ago when he was 22, 23. Right. Okay. She, she is repeating year 12, but still, it's still icky. Like, she's still in her uniform. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's gross. She's in the it? barely legal section of the website. Um, so Ned's not on the dark web, but he's teetering. It's, oh, and Ned's also Teraja's ex-stepson. Yeah. Jesus. What is this show? Puffy <laughs> thinks that Ned has put Yashvi off of her studies and she's thrown this sack, which she got to redo. So I don't understand what the hoopla was. She got oh, to retake the test. It's another dark day for Erinsborough High when you can resit your bloody exams. Well, like, get the education department onto that. Well, because Mackenzie was making a valid point. Like, you can apply for special consideration. Like, she's like, I've done it before. And I'm like, well, I think maybe you had some different circumstances, Mackenzie. <laughs> yeah, no, my dad was just mean to me this morning. I need to redo it. Now, T, do you want to step us through how this plays out? Sure. Um, so the the saga begins with this sequence where Mackenzie keeps dropping the Burke keyring out of her pocket and not, you know, throwing it into the ocean or something, <laughs> but just putting it back into her pocket to let it fall out again later. And then eventually she drops it out and, and it falls out and does, doesn't realise that it's fallen out. Which is a confusing prop anyway, because she wasn't a tourist in Burke, it turns out. She no. was a resident of Burke. And I've never had like a Melbourne keyring that I carry no. around. I have a, an Eiffel Tower keyring from when I went to France, but... What? Different proposition. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like Paris is aspirational as opposed to Burke. <laughs> I mean, look, this is nothing against the people of Burke. Shout out to the people of Burke, but... Yeah, Burke knows what it's like to be up against the odds, really. It's hmm. the back of Burke. Everyone knows yeah. it's, yeah, it's the back of beyond. And so then Yashvi sees this as, as in like another puzzle piece. Okay, I've got a Burke key ring and you look kind of familiar and now you're talking with... I don't know who we're related to, but the dad, Yashvi's yep. dad. And why are all these pieces all uh, – I'm putting two and two together and getting and the, 22 the, here. Then she found the, the photo of, yes. of Puffy and some rando. Yeah, together in Burke. With their address written on the back? With, yeah, the current Ramsey Street address. And this is where she jumps to 11 far too quickly. She just goes, Dad knows this woman. This girl's here. She looks familiar. She must be my half-sister. <laughs> She looks a bit like Toadie. Dad cheated on mum. Yeah. She does look plausibly Rebecca, though, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah, Rebecca esque, which is probably just country. <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed with the resolution of who she was because there was no connection to the family other than just, I lived in Burke. I suppose they went to school together. So there's still that level of the people that you hang around with each day. And, and Yashvi's talking about all about how she knows everyone from Burke because she was there. And why do I not know you? Yeah. So I get. I get that. Okay. I just, um, I did, I thought that Mackenzie's mother was going to be an ex-girlfriend of Puffy's and they maybe had a, still had a close friendship and I just thought there would be one more extra layer mm. other than. Okay. I'm, I just looked up the population of Burke because I'm like, oh yeah, really? Just, yeah. No, um, about two and a half thousand people. So yeah, she probably does know everyone yeah. in her high school. Yeah. That checks out to me. I just thought Sarah, Mackenzie's mother, I thought may have had an extra Puffy connection. So high school sweetheart or prison wife because he when he was locked up or something but no it's complicated just come inside and i'll explain no i want you to explain what's going on between you and my dad i know what you think but shane didn't cheat on your mum. he's helping me track down my dad so why would he do that because they used to be friends so the key ring is yours i was born in burke i lived there until mum left dad when i was about 10 
Well, how come I don't remember you? Because I was friends with everyone in primary school. You did school. know me. The shitbag kid of Erinsborough High, the, lo- the latest one, is suddenly a little sweet on Mackenzie, which I'm really worried about because I don't, I'm worried about how this is going to explode in the coming weeks. Can we just clear up? Is this shitbag kid... Is this related to Dr. Shitbag Kid or it's it's just a different iteration oh, of the no. same blonde shitbag kid? He was a mate of the previous shitbag kid. That's right, yeah. yeah. That's why right, it doesn't yeah. – you don't need to know his name. It gets confusing, but yeah, yeah. Now, because Yashvi's jumped to these random conclusions, Puffy gathers everybody together in the Rebecca home and asks Mackenzie if she'll share her story. And she says, yes, I'd love to have Susan Kennedy with me because Susan's – Who wouldn't want Susan Kennedy there? – is a support for Mackenzie – and I really loved that they gave this role to Susan in this scene. Mm. Yeah, she was speaking for the viewer to answer the questions they had. Kirsch was there to ask the questions you probably shouldn't ask yeah. as well. <laughs> when did you know? Is that okay to ask? No, yeah, it's fine. But it's hard to explain. I've always known I was a girl, but I didn't really know how to put it into words other people could understand until I was about eight. So, T, how did you find this scene? Obviously, there was that first moment where um, Mackenzie is out in the middle of the street talking with V, and that was a little bit awkward, but it's fine. And then we kind of jump forward to the future where it's like, ah, so see, now that we've had this awkward conversation, don't we all feel better about everything now? And there's like a few lingering questions. I think I understand why. I feel like that's probably just to kind of, you know, have more questions answered in the coming weeks. Um, Yeah, it did feel a little like someone had pressed skip. Yes. I would have liked to have seen her state her words, like tell her story physically. Exactly. But maybe that is something that is coming over the next few weeks. And she did get a bit of it out when Kirsch is like, so when did you first realise? And And yeah, and Kirsch gets away with it because she is a lot younger than everyone else on the show. But also I think that if you're ever speaking with a trans person, I feel like that comes down to intent. And if you're trying to ask that question to be really invasive and to be like, so tell me about your genitals. You know what I mean? Like that's... Vulva! (laughs) Right? That's that's something that's really, really confronting, right? Yeah. Faye has lost it. Faye is out. I just, in my head, in my face, Fantasy world in my head. In, can you? Can you? In a future world, there we everyone has a David and Aaron couple just wandering behind them, clarifying anything. Whoa, penis! <laughs> Actually, no, no. Next time, CJ um, says doodle on the yeah. show. <laughs> PP. So, because the question was coming from a place of, I don't know if this is okay to ask. I hope it's okay, but what's the deal with this? Um, I, I think the it's it's a much a nicer way to do it. Yeah. Kersha read the room, and it yeah. was in context. It was yeah. you are sharing your identity story with us. Therefore, I will follow up a curiosity I have, and I appreciated the conversation where they used where they had to go through. Do we use Mackenzie's previous name? Mm-hmm. Part of me was like, I wish they hadn't had to include her previous name. Yes, I wish that they could have just said yeah, confession. Yeah. yeah, I've forgotten what it was. Anyway. <laughs> Good, that's how we want it. Yes. <laughs> um, I wish they just hadn't said it. I have to say that, Mackenzie, what a name, though. It's, it's... But isn't that, isn't it common for trans people to choose kind of a, a unisex sort of name? Uh, in, in some cases, <laughs> hello, my name's T. Um, <laughs> in, in some cases, that is the case. But I feel like there's quite a few women out there named Mackenzie. It's kind of a name that is in vogue at the moment. Uh, and so... Neighbours has lately been choosing extremely fashionable names like Harlow, House of Harlow, and Piper, and yeah. Celebrity, Who Magazine Celebrity Baby Names make right. it onto Neighbours. 
Yeah. I guess I was, I was saying I thought it was a bit bogue. <laughs> well, it's Burke. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's it's on par, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's... But it did allow that conversation did allow for Susan to correct Dippy and say, actually, she goes by Mackenzie now, so that's the name you should mm. use, which is great. It's a little bit like if you ever had like a really embarrassing photo taken of you at a party where you're just like really wasted and you just look awful and you're just like, if this ends up on the internet somewhere, this is gonna like ruin my career and all that sort of thing. And it's just somewhere on Facebook and you just hope that it does doesn't come back. It doesn't get tagged. You've untagged yourself from it and you've tried to hide yourself from it and it's just kind of hovering there. It's kind of like that but with like a trans person's entire past life. So you just got to kind of hope that no one brings it up at any point. Yes, the other person needs to respect the untag. Yes. I've untagged, therefore you do not bring this up. Exactly. To me, you're T. Like that's that's who you are. It doesn't matter what's come before. Like this is who you are. I think it's going to be great that these conversations can be had on Neighbours. We also learn that Mackenzie's mother, Sarah, has died of breast cancer. That was, I got really upset in that moment. I'm like, this poor girl. She's just got stupid Auntie Trish that doesn't know anything. Cancer cluster. Oh, shit. And we find out that she's trying to track down her dad who she's estranged from. But how beautiful that the Rebeccas are here. Like, we got you. We're going to help you out. No dramas. Away we go. I mean, that's just being good neighbours, isn't it? That's what it's about. That's when good neighbours become good friends. I listen to the opening sequence, you guys. (laughs) I'm pretty good at it. When it comes down to it, that's all you've got to aim for. I really love the choice where Mackenzie and Yashvi are walking down Ramsey Street, kicking the footy back and forth. Yes. That was really nice. That was really sweet. It was just nice to, they they kind of have this realisation of like, oh, so nothing actually changes and I just continue to treat you the way I've always treated you, Mm. which is something that uh, a lot of people who are quite new to the trans thing will will be like, so what do I do? Do Do I, everything's (laughs) going to be weird and different, right? You're going to be like walking on the ceiling now and and like your head's going to be spinning around like in the exorcist. Like, what do I, and it's like, no, 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 you just, it's. We're, we're still cool. It's like, all good. You learn just, maybe three new words yeah. and then you use them. Exactly. Just the same way you do in any other situation in <laughs> your life. The same way that you do when you're walking down the road and you're like, oh, look at this puppy dog. Aren't you a good boy? Good boy. And then the owner's like, actually, she's a girl. And you're like, oh, good girl. What's her name? And it's yeah. just like, it's instant. It's yeah. like that. Yeah. They just really, see, ultimately, trans people just want the same respect that you give to a, a dog yep. that you see walking down the street. Which people don't think twice about. Exactly. And I really enjoyed how Yashvi was more mortified that she was being a drama queen about thinking her, like her dad had done the dirty on her mum. I think she was a bit excited to gain a sister, though, wasn't she? Yeah. And also, like, oh, man, I've got some major ammo on Dad now. <laughs> yeah, right. And she's like, we've lost some family members this year. We've got room for some more. <laughs> Come on in. And she said, us Burt girls are going to stick together. That oh. was great. Oh, That was beautiful. My heart swelled. That was perfect. I'm terrified of what the fuck is Erinsborough High are going to do to this kid, though. I'm so scared. Mm-hmm. Well, now they don't have Ellie, because Ellie would have been on top of this as well. She would have, like, laid the smack down like she did with the homophobe mum. Really? Do you trust Ellie to handle this? She can't handle the kid that's blackmailing her to get a bottle of vodka sent. Into no, no, but she would, she would have done a smackdown yeah. on shitbag. I did notice that Susan Kennedy made a big deal of, like, I think Mackenzie walked into her office at one point, and I don't know what they were talking about, but Susan was like, you know, just so that you know, like, you went through some horrible bullying 
studying at the last school you were at. And mm, thanks for mentioning it again, Suze. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for me to dredge up that horrific thing that you've tried to mm. suppress, but we just want to let you know that that's not going to be tolerated here. And I'm setting that standard from here that that's not okay. I, I'm like, well, my God, you're like you're actually doing the principaling thing right. This is bizarre. Which this is happen. rare. She's a yeah. part-time principal at best. And I worry that the infrastructure is not in place for that to be policed. Because mm. there's no teachers. No, and they we literally cannot name a teacher now with Ellie on leave. No, and they get the let those kids get away with anything in those corridors. So I'm worried that Yashvi's going to do a lot of heavy lifting. Hello, and Yashvi will be her um, click, her gang. Yeah, I have faith in Susan. I just I want to know that she's got a handle on this. Susan, the trans ally, <laughs> we stand. <laughs> we we love a trans ally. Not going to stand for any of this discrimination. <laughs> Just use her real name, Mackenzie. It's real easy. Yeah. Yeah. Your year 12 English sack is get this person's name right. Done. You've passed your year 12 English. Another dark day for Aaron's very high. Is that where the standards are at? Yeah, Aaron's pretty much. That's, that's like it. Amazing blazers, but also like nah. real low in the English Literacy, department. no okay, good. Okay, their ducks last year... Xanthi didn't get marks good enough to get into medicine, so she's actually gone to a private university to study medicine up in Queensland. She bought her way in. But well right. done. Yeah, Don't worry about it. She'll still be called a doctor at the end of the day. Erinsborough Hospital doesn't need accurate diagnoses. I know that Georgie Stone is a guest character. I... Don't want this just to be stunt casting. I actually would like her to be semi-permanent, if not permanent. Like I know she's busy. She's an activist. She was Young Australian of the Year. Like she's got a lot going on. But it would be amazing if she could be like a Tim Collins or a Clive yeah. Gibbons. Well, and she'll be off to uni next year. Mm. Like she could pop up around Eden Hills Uni. Yeah, she could work at the West Waratah Star. She could be on PirateNet at Eden Hills. Um, uni FM. Oh, sorry, Uni FM. Yeah. I do love her voice. I love that kind of well. She's well-spoken. I just like her style. She's she's charming. We'll finish off the week. I just wanted to talk briefly about a little nugget over at the cannery, Gary and Sheila, in one of the most gorgeous scenes I've ever seen, which is them watching TV the way I watch TV. Gary and <laughs> Sheila. I'm going to record scratch that. Did you see the still that um, the neighbours tweeters posted of, of Gary? He looks like a corpse. It's not cute. I'm like, I was like, get a wellness check onto him because he's he's like a ghostly pallor and he may be in rigor mortis. Well, Sheila sure. is how I watch television, reclined on that couch horizontally <laughs> with a pint of ice cream in her hand. Oh, I had a lot of time for that moment. And she's like, you don't want to end up a sad sack like me. Get out on the town. Get back out there. And he is at the waterhole and puts the moves on. How dare he? Rebecca. Napier, who, by the way, I thought she was with Michael Williams, who I had a massive crush on. Uh, okay, we've got a new entrance into the world of the saddest bitch in Erinsborough, and her name may well be Rebecca Napier. The saddest bitch in Erinsborough just wants to love and be loved in return. Why? She's going on a date with bloody Gazcan. Oh, yeah. Is he Desperado. Carry- is he carrying around Dippy's love tea? Erotic erotic oh, oh, the, <laughs> tea? What, what was it called? Like bar up or something like that? <laughs> oh, Jesus. It had some name like that that was like it, it alluded to an erection or something. Wasn't it? Spring. In the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh hang on. Springy font, yeah. Oh, what was it? <laughs> It'll come to us. Um, Is that what it was called? Because, like, I get it. 
I am furious. Everybody deserves not Gary. I don't understand how this keeps happening. And what's with these women? Like, are they that broken by Paul that they're like, I'm going to take whatever crumbs life throws at me? I honestly thought Rebecca was living her happily ever after with Michael, that beautiful man. Um, But no. Sorry, here's the picture of Gary Canning's corpse on the couch. <laughs> Tell me that man. <laughs> he looks like he's um he's from his city homicide days. Hang on, that's no, that's a shot from the film Weekend at Bernie's. That's not from Neighbours. I, I what have you done there? Morticians make up on him as well. He's it really does look like that, doesn't it? And he's sunken eyes. Oh, it's it's not good. I want the other half of that photo with Sheila because that's my <laughs> spirit animal on the couch. What we need to do at this point is we typically do Citizen of the Week or Citizen of the Week and we decide who is worthy of that title. T, do you have one? Well, I suppose I, I mean, I, it's a little bit obvious if I pick Mackenzie for this. I was actually thinking you might pick Susan. Susan, obviously, amazing trans ally, but it's just the, the fact that we have this trans character on TV who is being represented on air really positively. I mean, it used to be that trans representation was you were either the murderer, like you were the psycho, or you were the murder victim, or you were the butt of a joke. Yeah, punchline. Exactly. And it, that's not the case. She's a human this. with a backstory. Can you believe that's even allowed on Amazing. television? Amazing. Neighbours needs to come back onto the prime time channels. Exactly. I'm going to do Citizen of the Week, Yashvi Rebecca for having some questionable moments throughout the week, but then when it counted, you were there for your friend who shared a tough secret and you're going to help your friend and be there for her and that's it's, a, it's an honourable response and I'm proud of you, V. Kate. And we're going to go for a trifecta of citizens this week oh. and I'm also saying, well, I'm actually saying citizens of the week to the Merry Wives of Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. I love it. That scene in the spa, what a highlight of my year that there's been. It got to the point where Paul dropped the reference Witches of Eastwick and I'm ready for the pantomime West End Witches of Eastwick starring Stefan and all those birds. I'm there for it. Glorious series of episodes. What a patchwork quilt we had to play with. You know what I forgot to do though? At the start of the show, I usually do Neighbours Council Business and I got so excited I didn't. But we'll do it now. Neighbours Council Business. The business again. She rages off on like wedding leave, so she's dropped the ball on when business happens. The main thing I wanted to announce is that we not only did we hit 69 patrons <gasps> on Patreon, nice, we smashed through that number because everyone was racing to be number 69. Nice, and I appreciate all of their well, styles. Was, yeah, there was a um, gonna be a, a dirty doodle for the our 69th yeah. Patreon, nice, yeah, which um, I'll organize with Elise, who is number 69. Thank you, Elise. You legend, we're going to do a humorous doodle for you. Also, thank you to James, Tom, Michelle, <gasps> Jane, and Abby. Holy moly, how many have we got now? All you filth mongers <laughs> racing to be number 69. We love it. I love them. They're the, the 69 six, I'm going to call them, this group. Cute. So, thank you, everybody. That's so lovely. It's, I'm so excited. It, it's worrying because we might need to host a neighbor's night sooner than we planned for. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're welcome to come along to it because we'll be sure. looking for people to come. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Count me in. Awesome. If, if we hit 100. Thank you so much, patreon.com slash neighbors pod. If you want to jump on board financing the Pirate Net Studios, and Kate is on Twitter. I'm at Remude. T, 
you, we haven't even mentioned all the stuff you do. Oh, God. Joy.org.au. Yes. So uh, I'm I'm also on Twitter at T Butler. So T I Butler. Then I am on Joy 94.9 every weekday morning at 6 a.m. hosting the 6 at 6. And I'm also on their drive show, Mission Mates, on a Thursday, Arvo. It streams internationally, so you can tune in. Um, and I believe there are podcasts of the show starting this week. It's only a new show. Oh, so um, <laughs> getting our heads around podcasting, we're not obviously five years into it like Neighbours Pod <laughs> is, but they're starting to learn. So that's planned to start this week. That's brilliant. Thank you for doing this with us. We've got to come back and play again. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's good to see you again. Good to see you <laughs> after so long. Yes. I want to have more Big Brother chat too. <laughs> oh, that's sure. that's going to be extensive. And I'm Vaya Pashos. We are Neighbours Pod on Twitter and neighbourspod.com. Join the Facebook group, Neighbours Council, and we'll be back with CJ next week and we'll have the Will They Won't They wedding chat up in Queensland. Who knows what's happening? Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for having me. Hide it in a hiding place where no one ever goes. Put it in your pantry with your cupcakes. It's a little secret, just a Robinson's affair. Most of all, you got to hide it from the kids. Could you, Mrs. Robinson? Jesus loves you more than you will know. Hey, 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 hey.